Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. That slap bass, Larry Graham. Go on and do it. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me tonight, 84. Hello, Seth Spot Low. They say, Is that really all your hair? Is that, heard is that really all your hair, Joey? Yeah, it is. I don't have extensions in. Do you actually have gray? Yeah, they're like, do you dye it? Is it really that black? There's like no way it's that black. Oh, yeah, man. You don't dye your hair? I don't dye any of this. You are kidding me. Really? Are you serious? Yes. (laughs) Nuh-uh, dude. Dude, Dude, you can't be that old and not at least have like one little... In my, in my stash, I got one. You got one right I got there? One. I got a couple up here, but that's all falling out. So, <laughs> turn the gray, boom, gone. I've got one... Brown one? That's about right. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Hey, you know what, though, about gray hair? Mm. And this is this was what I came to talk about tonight. Right, okay. <laughs> no, when I when I was young, I had hair... Up, I mean, my hair is about your color, believe it or not. It's about that black. But I had red highlights, like in my beard especially... And through my hair, and everything that was a red highlight has turned white. My my black hair is still kind of hanging on to its color, but I realized I had more red highlights in my hair than I realized. <laughs> oh my! Well, I, I want to first begin. Turn you up, okay? Thank you, sir. We're just getting everything set here, folks. Thank you, sir. I want to thank, thank both of you because y'all work your asses off in your actual jobs. <laughs> so thank you for being here to come hang out with me. Well, I mean, you sacrifice for your hobby. This yeah, is fun. This is yeah, fun. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I get to have fun most days. And and what we do, and it's usually just you and I. I didn't know with your work situation. I wanted to back up. But like, I did. I mean, I, I did. I mean, and so I. But it wouldn't hurt for both of y'all to be here. So, and I want to do questions. Now, usually it's just been eighty four and I, and he has questions that I have not heard. He gives them to me here on air. And you know what I did? Because you asked me earlier today, and I, I did come up with a question that that wrestled with me. And mm-hmm. I actually, I think it will be perfect with. Seth here, I think it will be even better with him here with this question that I have come up with. Awesome. And I have asked Seth, I told you earlier in the day when I said, yeah, come on up, that to think of a few questions. I'm trying. Uh, boyfriend gave me a couple. Or, okay. Or fiance. Your fiance gave yeah. you a couple? Nice. All right. And then mine are dumb. So he's here in spirit. No, dumb, yeah. abstract, personal, whatever. Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to ask about. You can ask about pet peeves like 84 has done before. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I can, we come up with some weird. You can ask if I believe in <laughs> I mean, God. You can ask about anything. my sex life. I don't care. You can ask me anything. 
Oh, yeah. One day we're going to get to the big question. And I've also opened this up to Facebook with a video, and the first question on Facebook is from Bo Holt. He calls this <laughs> station, and he asks, who rules? Well, obviously... That's a great question. Obviously, O'Doyle rules, Bo. I was going to say Rick Peters. <laughs> he rules this station, yes. He rules here on this little plot of the earth when it comes to this station. No, no, comment. no comment. No comment. No comment. Okay. okay. No comment. Mm. Next question. And also, Bo asks, when is 84 going to claim his gift? He was supposed to let me know earlier, but he has ghosted. And it's a big 36-pack. It says 36 natties. Not Natalia's. 36 natural lights. And... 59 minutes. Oh, after you get done in here, <laughs> yeah. you're going to go pick up that case of Natty Light. All right, all right. Now, I, let's go to the live questions. Let's not pay attention to social media. All right, no, and, and, and I thought, at first I thought, I said, well, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of cheesy and easy out. Okay. But then I got to think about the question, and I just had this sneaky suspicion. I re, honest to goodness, we, we have not talked today. No. We do this. Honest to goodness, we do this just live yes. in living color. I don't know what the question's going to be. All you said was, are you going to be here tonight? Right. And I kind of hedged and said, I may or may not, depending on if I get done in time. Mm. So, But I had a sneaking suspicion that Seth would be here tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. And when this question come up, I thought, I said, this would be perfect mm. for us three to answer this question. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Is there or what is the most important thing? Is there one specific moment in particular? That's what I really would like to know if there's mm -hmm. one particular moment. I like where this is going. That your is Father's Day weekend. Makes it a little cheesy. Sure. But it's on topic. I like it. That you learned from your father, be it good or bad or what have you oh is there that one moment in time that you can close your eyes and still go back and you can see it vividly in your head of something he said to you something he did something he showed you something he taught you that has affected your life uh for how old are you seth you're 35 all right 35 I'm 29, 29 yeah. and 43 so we're okay. i mean we're little stair steps here we can be brothers. Hmm. One um, thing that immediately comes to mind, and knowing Seth, by the way, this is kind of a cruel question. <laughs> well, no, let's it, let Seth go first. <laughs> no, and, right, and, and see, first. that's right. uh, well, and, and no, I, and I'm I'm not being ugly no, about that. I'm that's why I said good or bad, and I know that it, it, it doesn't necessarily, but you, you still learn something from them, and maybe you learn. Something really, you know, ugly or negative, or maybe it's something extremely positive. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I never met my dad. So, my father has been, uh, has been like, my grandfather taught me how to work. Uh, he, I, I saw him during the summers, and he, he taught me how to work. And my mom has been dad, like, my whole life, basically. And then um, she has been married a few times, and she's, of course, boyfriends and whatnot. And um, there were a I don't remember most of them, but there was a couple of them that told me a, a couple things, you know. Um, one of them said that the woman you will marry will be your best friend. And uh, that sticks with me throughout everything. Mm -hmm. And um, 
another one from when I was in junior high. He, it's not what he said, it's what he did. I did some crap that I shouldn't have done, and instead of him telling my mom and me getting like grounded for a month, he just worked me. Mm. He had me rake Grandma's yard over there on <clears throat> at uh, Perry Hill and Marquette, Mar- Marquette Street. There, she owned the house right there, and I just I on the that. corner. Yeah, a market. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking. I drove by it almost like every. I live in, in County. That bad curve right there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right before the, uh, uh, in the curve that was that backyard right there with the pine trees, that little tin building. I raked that sucker with like six inches. Oh, of leaves. you had to pick up pine cones and everything. No, it was, oh, it was a rake. I had fifty bags of leaves, but he didn't tell my mom that I came home at three o'clock in the morning when I was in like seventh grade. Hmm. <laughs> So I'm thinking over here, like one specific thing with my dad, and I'm not sure what pops in my head. See, when I think of memories of my dad, it's not something he necessarily said. It's like my favorite memory of my dad, and he's still like this to this day. I don't know if he's in town listening. Uh, he, he'll be in town, I know for sure, tomorrow. We're, he's bringing fish up from the Gulf. Awesome. We're going to be eating like some snapper and whatever else. Um, but I have this memory of him... Window rolled down, arm out the window. Usually, and whether it was his Ford Explorer or Excursion or his Jeep Cherokee, all the different cars he's had over the years, blasting music. I have learned that habit from him. Like, even if you see me in my convertible, I won't roll down the passenger side window with the top down. I will roll down my window on the driver's side, put the arm up, put some music on. And I have this memory of... When Zeppelin's How the West Was Won came out, live album that came out on CD, and he turned it up so loud that even I, at like 13, was like, man, this is pretty freaking loud, but it's how Zeppelin should be played. And he kind of taught me that by example. I mean, I don't want to get too personal, though it's kind of what I do, but I learned a lot by watching some of the, the pain he's gone through, too. I don't want to give specifics in that regard because it's not my pain to share. But uh, seeing what I would say are some mistakes he's made, but also the way he's come back from those and how hard he works. I mean, he really works hard. He's always been able to be an entrepreneur and go out there. It's been a very good example for me. And, like, you know, where my mom and other people say, you need to budget, you need to budget, you need to budget. I do remember my dad saying this. He's like, how much money are you making? I told him. He goes, budget? You need to make more money. (laughs) (laughs) Budget? What are you going to budget $200 a week? What's your deal? Make more money. Then you can budget. Yeah. Like, what? You can do that budget in your head. So that always stuck with me. What about you, 84? I think some of that is dad, though. Dad's a little Mm -hmm. more logical than sensible. I I don't know if that makes sense. It's not the rule. Well, some dads are about the rules. Some dads are more common sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's no big blanket that covers everything. And and I thought about when when this question popped in my head today, I thought about, and this is is just kind of an odd story. I. I think one of the first memories I have of my daddy is he had a bottle of aftershave. And this would have been probably back in about, I don't know, 78, 79, somewhere in that area. It was called Sterling. Okay. Oh, and I mean, it was straight out of the 70s. 
I mean, like Old Spice or something like that. <laughs> the old original. But the bottle, what my I'll give you the end of the story. The bottle came with this necklace. And it was just a little cheap silver, you know, hoop chain with uh, Sterling's, uh, the, the mascot was a bull. I mean, and you picture a bull with with two horns coming up out of their head. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably about as big as a fifty cent piece. I'm dating myself because most everybody does not know how big a fifty cent piece is. <laughs> it's about twice as big as a quarter. But it, it was. I mean, to me, it was the coolest thing in the world. And and I I found that chain in the bathroom, and all he had done was just take it off the bottle and chunk it on the counter. And put his aftershave on, and sure. and went, you know, went to work or what have you. And I was playing with it. And I was wearing it, and man, I was cool, dude. I was as cool <laughs> as crap with that thing on. And uh, and then I started spinning it. And as I was spinning it, one of the little loops broke because they were not enclosed right. chains. I mean, this was something that came with a bottle of aftershave, two dollar right. aftershave. Right. And I broke it. And I broke it, and I picked it up, and I put it back on the counter, and I, I looked at it, and I thought, this is the coolest thing in the world. I know my daddy must love this thing. Right. And and so I got it, and when he came home, I went in trembling. I mean, I was shaking and trembling, and I just opened my hands up with the, the broken necklace in my hands, and I said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I broke your brand-new necklace. And he reached down, and he picked it up, and he picked the chain up that was broken off of it, and he looked at me, and he said, Son, I am so proud of you for telling me the truth about what you did. He said, You realize this was free. (laughs) It didn't even cost me anything. And I was like, Really? He was like, Yes. He said, But. And then he stopped, and he he didn't even laugh about it. It's a funny story, but he didn't even laugh about it. He said... Do you realize how much it means to me that you told me the truth and you told me that you were the one that broke it because you thought it was something big? But it's not a big deal. We'll fix it. And then he took it and he squeezed it and squeezed the loop back right back together and said, here, there's your necklace. You can put your necklace back on. Right. And you can have it. And he, But from that, he taught me That's awesome to that he tell took the, time. the truth yeah. Yeah. without, which, I mean... Surely he wouldn't have got mad about it, but he didn't just blow it off. He used it as a teaching opportunity right. to tell me it's very important to be truthful and, you know, be willing to suffer the consequences. Because, I mean, hell, for all I know, I mean, that could have been a, you know, a $500 necklace. Well, and as you're talking, you asked about words of wisdom. And for some reason, this memory comes up. The birds and the bees talk. I remember this vividly. I had to be like 12, 13. And our, you know, internet isn't as pervasive as it is today. <laughs> but I still knew some stuff because kids talk at school. And you figure it out. And it's like we're sitting on the front porch. I had to be younger than 12 or 13 because it's in Johnstown, the old Johnstown house. Which, by the way, if you go back to your old childhood house, it will look much smaller than, like, it used to be this giant, impressive thing. Now it's like... Well, it's nice, but, you know. Yeah, you didn't realize you were in a six-by-five bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like nice. Studio. Pretty nice. <laughs> so don't spoil your kids with huge master bedrooms, folks. Just They'll be happy in a tiny room. 
And so we're sitting on the front porch. We had these rocking chairs, though, until we moved from the County Downs house just like three, four years ago. And we're rocking in the chairs, and it's this massive thunderstorm rolling in. Like the rain outside, you could see like the lightning strike, and then sort of like in the on the horizon. And he's like, "I like to watch the the rain, don't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is cool." And it's like he's teaching me like the, see the delay between the lightning and the sound. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. And there's his pause. He's like, you know, Joe, you know, uh, sometimes how you, you play, with yourself, play with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, like, like with myself? So he's like, yeah, where you, you, you know, like you're tired, you're sitting on the couch, and you like put your hand down your pants. You're like, I've seen you do it. Like you're playing with yourself, like in your gym shorts. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, there's a reason for that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know, and that's how it began. I don't remember how the rest of the conversation went. It's just, it's this peaceful, serene moment where he's teaching me the science and we're taking in this sublime thunderstorm. He goes, you know how you sometimes play with yourself? <laughs> oh, uh, that, that was, uh, that just came to mind. Oh. I'm happy I'm going to be able to see him now. He used to live here in Montgomery. He now lives down on the, on the beach. <laughs> okay, okay. Speaking of what you said, it made me, I got to say something about my mom, okay? She told me when I was in high school, she said, never settle for less. And that has stuck with me. And it's a, I hate it. That she told me never that. settle for less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's totally gave me this high, high bar of things. But that is one of the things that mom has taught me. That along with the many other things, but that that one has always stuck with me. So, well, and I think, uh, and that's that's one feeling that I have. And I think that that parenting uh, has, has fallen down on uh, what you just said. Though is that we as parents we don't expect the best from our children we expect them to we know they're going to make mistakes and fall down and do wrong things i'm not sure. saying that you should expect them to be perfect but i mean you should expect a lot out of your children i mean you should expect your child uh i mean once you're eight years old hey set your alarm and wake yourself up and get out of bed yeah. You should expect that up. That that's not unreasonable. That's yeah. not oh. saying that my child's perfect because they can wake up when their alarm goes off. But I, I can the things I can do basic things. You can do it. Oh yeah. And you, I expect yeah. you to do it and to go be. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can. When you get through eating, once you learn how to feed yourself, right. you are physically capable of taking that plate into the kitchen and, if nothing else, putting it in the sink. Right. <laughs> okay. It's it's you don't expect to do everything for your children, and we're spoiling. It goes back to the millennial thing that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. You spoil your children up until the point that there are. I have heard people that I know talking about their nineteen, twenty year olds, and they're bitching about how much their car payment is, and I'm like. Why are you paying their car payment? <laughs> you, you, well, they got to have a car. Yeah. Walk, okay. They sure do. They don't have to have a freaking $20,000 Lexus, though. Woo. You know? See, they don't I have had to a, have... I had a 94 Honda station wagon. I had a 1984 Granada. Yeah, the 80s cars, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, here, I think we have time for next question. 
your serve, Seth. Okay. Uh, we'll go to fiance. Okay. Not my fiance because I'm single. Um, <clears throat> how do you know you are doing the right thing? Hmm. What if the nice thing you do for one person causes another person harm? Ooh. Now that. Okay. How do you know you're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I think that is worked out over time. Um, and you develop a relationship with your conscience. For me, for some people, it's like literally a voice in your head. You're having, and it's not like schizophrenia, but you're having a conversation kind of with yourself, voice in your head. For me, it's more like a feeling. I think isn't that voice your conscience? It is. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I think it is. But in, well, not like, I mean, not for me. I mean, I've got all kind of voices in my head. <laughs> it's not necessary. It could be, but not necessarily my conscience. But I think I'm I'm correct that like people have researched this. Some people like hear a voice. Some people it's a feeling. For me, it's more like a feeling. And say something as simple as like there's money left out on the table. Like, should you take that? And there's a feeling in me that goes, no, it's not mine. Okay, I used to work at the bars, right? Right. I picked up some money. It was somebody else's. I did the right thing. Whose money is this? Hands flying up. Okay, first person... Gave him to 20. Okay. Exactly. Two weeks later, found out that fool was lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But the, so it's, to me, it's either like a feeling at the base of it, like your conscience. Do you have a well developed conscience? And I think that it, the best way to put it is like a relationship that you kind of, you've figured out, you've checked yourself, you've thought about what you've done in the past, how it made you feel, these sort of things. But that second part of the question is interesting. What if doing a nice thing for somebody hurts somebody else? It often does. Well, especially when it comes to love. Build character. <laughs> I think it depends on what you mean by nice thing. If it, you do something nice for somebody... I you said the right thing. He said the right thing or a nice thing? No, he said, first, how do you know you're doing the right thing? What if the nice thing okay. you do for one person causes harm to another? Okay. You see, it's how you define harm. I'm getting all technical with it. But it is how you define harm. That's a big thing. question. I mean, you have to dissect it a little but bit more. But, like, say, it's like the, the prodigal son. Like, the guy who's been out boozing, drinking, whoring, whatever, he's comes back and you slay the fattiest calf and you throw this huge feast and it hurts your other son who's always been dutiful in there and you have to and there's a lesson out of that i think that's fine like if somebody is going to become envious or feel slighted because you do something for somebody else i think they got to get over it now there's other i don't know Doing the nice thing. I, I would need more specifics. I think these are different situations because... that That is a little broad because cause doing, doing the nice... And it, like I said, I heard it doing the right thing. Doing the right thing to me, at least in my life, is it's kind of what Joey just said. I have found that what my gut... I would say my gut rather than conscience. But right. same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. When you just you kind of just know what you should do, and you're like, ah, 
but I, it's going to affect this person. It's going to do that. It's going to do that. I shouldn't do that I sh- for for this reason and that reason. And you talk yourself out of doing what you originally wanted to do. You end up finding out in the future, damn it, I should have done yeah, what I wanted thing, to do in the, the original beginning. thing. Right. I regret. I regret more things that I didn't do than things that I've done. Well, and it, it, that's why I'm crazy like I am because I don't like to feel like that. Oh, right, the, it, guilty. And but I think that's a good sign. Not that you feel guilty all the time. That's a bad sign. But like if you do something, you have that little tug saying you shouldn't have done that. Wait, this you, is not going to end well, or it's not. Maybe you know you're not going to get caught, but you're not going to feel right about and, it. And and if it's wrong and you get caught, you suffer the consequences, yeah. and you learn from that and you grow from that. Yes, you're you're a a, a better person on the other side of it, whatever it may be. I would say that doing a nice thing for somebody that could hurt somebody else, it depends on your relationships and like what the people in question. And if it's intentional. Well, if it's intentional too, but no, and sometimes it can be unintentional. Say you are like, have a a dear girlfriend or you're married and you, for some reason, yeah, (laughs) or you have both at the same time and Maybe for some reason you do something really nice for this person at work, but you fail to get the great gift for the wife. I mean, and the wife finds out. And you're not even thinking about it. I mean, that, I think, maybe is the wrong thing to do. Like, our... Your priorities are... I, you know, I love that people say, oh, I love everybody. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You love certain people more than others. You love your kids yeah, more definitely. than you love your random friend you barely Dude, talk to. Dude, even within your kids, yeah. you love <laughs> you love different kids more than... The, well, you at least like different kids more than other <laughs> That's ones. That's a better way to and put it. And anybody that tells you any different is a... They're lying to See, you. But this applies do not to the, trust them. This applies to the question, though. I mean, you do... I mean, it might be one thing if you're teaching a lesson, like, I'm so glad the prodigal son came back. But you don't want to always, I think, show favoritism and do the nice thing for one kid over the other. And that but, could be well, a little... Don't get into prodigal son, because then you have to look on the other end of it. See, right. what people forget about that story is the first son, he took his entire inheritance and blew it. He came back, he was accepted back into the family. Yes. However, when the father died, we don't get the very end yep. of the story, but when the father died, the older son had the remainder of the inheritance. Yes. It still had a larger portion. The younger kid had squat. He had already squandered it. So he had a great he party just, when he came back. That's right. He had <laughs> one party instead of a lifetime of ease. And so a the, lifetime of ease is what the older yeah. son. Yeah, exactly. That's why I say... We hate everybody equally. Hate everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? What a Just because room. I'm not going to do it for you, I don't worry. I, I don't I'm not going to do it for him either. I don't trust you, but I don't trust him either. It's nothing personal, but I don't know you. Dang, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that I don't, I don't think that question fiance threw at us is as clear cut because it it does depend on specifics, and sometimes it's like you tell the other person who's envious or a little jealous of the nice thing you did. Get over that's it. A, that's a and, deep question. But then yeah, sometimes man, he's a deep man. you have to oh, question yeah, yourself. Oh, I like him. The glass is half full, but the glass we are standing in is empty. Emily's a lucky woman. I still have decided I go with my gut. And if it's wrong, the last time I didn't go with my gut, you know what? I was freaking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went with my I did go with my gut uh, when I got married. married. Well, was it your gut or something else? <laughs>
Welcome back. This was my drive-in music today. Straight instrumental. This is Graham Central Station. Called The Jam. Classic funk song. Who do you think is the best bass player ever? Ooh, that's tough, man. Yeah, he's amazing. Um... Ah, uh, Victor Wooten. It's hard to beat him. Larry Graham's remarkable. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, have you seen those some of like his teaching videos, like where he teaches people how to slap at the bass? Like I could probably find that, and it's uh, pretty remarkable. Like him teaching how to slap a bass. I mean, I we could get off on that, but we questions. Yeah, we're back to questions here. Unless I can find this really quickly. Hmm? No, I, I've, I've already asked my question. All right, Joey. All right, go ahead. Your um, your first lovemaking experience. Oh, my. broke the big V word from you. Oh, my. And I this this question came from me the, f- the last time you asked me to ask you questions. That was the only question I could come up with that... Like, when did I lose my virginity? How and was, how it? was I mean, it? Yeah, like, I mean, the story. Everybody's got a story, and it usually sucks. So share the well, story. Okay, um, how do I put this? I was uh, I was working part-time. Little uh, hole-in-the-wall kind of um, like a five-and-dime. My boss is Mr. <laughs> McKee. No, uh, <laughs> I wish my first time was like Prince. Um which, by the way, in that song, like it's such a popular song. Like you hear even people down south, "I love Raspberry Beret." That's such a great song. But the one line of that song is, "The rain sounds so cool when it hits the barn roof, and the horses wonder who you are, and thunder drowns out what the lightning sees, and you feel like a movie star." They say the first time ain't the greatest, but I've had a chance to do it all again. Mm. Wouldn't miss a stroke. Mm. It's like, damn, everybody loves that song? Like, I like it. It's real dirty. No, my first time was very awkward. Very awkward. Uh, With a high school crush. (laughs) See, I don't mind revealing stuff about myself, but when other people come into it, it's a little iffy. That's that's kind of the general rule. Don't say the name. So, it's somebody... Well, people who know me know who it is. Uh, Somebody I crushed on for a long time. And so I put this person on a pedestal, and it was after a stupid party. Like, we were finally together. We, like, kind of were like, oh, we're going to be together, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, at a Goo Goo Dolls concert down (laughs) the riverfront. (laughs) Goo Goo Dolls. (laughs) That's what happened afterwards. How romantic. Oh, it didn't happen How romantic, Joey. It, it didn't happen that night. It happened like a few nights later. We went to some party, high school party. Went back to her place, and her parents are still home, which is weird. That's always weird. Like, I'm weirded out by having roommates. I mean, they'll get over it. And they know I'm lying. Like, I haven't brought anybody home. Wait, um, wait till you have to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I was nervous. I was very nervous. So the nerves get to you. And it's like, where'd you go? Where'd you go, little oh, dude? Boom. Yeah. 
But then, you know, it finally rose to the occasion. And uh, I have to say it was not. It was awkward, weird, and I wish it had not been my first time. That's kind of how I would put it. It was awkward, weird, not as enjoyable as later experiences. <laughs> not by any means. But I was 18. 18. Right after graduating high school. I think I was like 16 or 17. I lived on South Panama. And uh, uh, this is where my love of uh, freaky girls came from. Oh, my. Yeah, I, I came out looking like I got beat up. I'm like, it, uh, <laughs> of all like three minutes that it lasted for. <laughs> I lived on South Panama. Wait, so. Is this like some neighborhood girl who like made men out of boys or something? Not what she did to me. <laughs> 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 All right. And um Is that when you started growing your beard? <laughs> oh, and I, I started shaving when I was thirteen. My my yeah. Oh, you were that dude? Yeah. Oh, actually I, I was talking about this last night with Jonathan. We're both hairy men in terms of legs. Uh, but we have like no chest hair. Oh man, I got I'm fuzzy, but mm-hmm. I got no back hair, so I'm happy with it. I don't have any back hair <laughs> either. Yeah, I got none either. Where? Oh my, and legs are pretty smooth. Front or back? You yeah, do. I mean, I got very little. That's my Native American heritage. <laughs> oh, I'm, thanks I'm, for wording it right. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Warren sitting over here. Well, I'm wearing. <laughs> Fairly I do have a beard, though. I don't. That, that's it's weird. I have a I have a, a pretty decent beard. And you shave your head, right? Well, I mean, I'm bald. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I used to have thick hair on my head. So it was just some chick you met randomly. Uh, I went to school with her. She was a, a she was rock, a freak. Yeah, a little rock and roll short chick. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, it was back in high school. What'd you do? Yeah, at hotel parties, you know. Sure. And I lived on the South Panama over there, across the street from Lee. Mm-hmm. And then you know that ghetto motel that's uh, over there on Ann Street by the Interstate that they've re- re- refurbished and turned to like a week long stay up there the, by the. Oh, you talking about the crack house down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was over there behind yeah. the tobacco store. Oh yeah, man. The Z-Mart. She, she totally ruined me for like three minutes, and then like it was over, and I was like, oh man. And I walked outside, and she was out there throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Terrible. My. And I was like, oh, man. And my buddy came to pick me up. I was like, yeah, dude, did it. And that, yeah, that's it. There's nothing romantic about it. It was kind of sad, pathetic. Kind of like a weird, it's like a young guy accomplishment. Yeah. That as soon as you accomplish it, for the most part, most people's experience, like, that, that was it. It's like, I hope and you don't learn till later that like you can make this a awesome. way better. Yeah, but uh, yeah, three minutes. Well, with, it, it makes without, it shallow. With, without mm. the emotional, the real emotional attachment, it is hollow. It's just a feeling. Yeah. You can get that feeling. Not to be disgusting. Well, they, you can get that feeling. The feeling itself by yourself. You don't need well, any that's help. A fairly, that's a fairly new um, idea of, of love. I mean, there's the deeper kind. Now, I'm not talking about love. I'm talking about the, well, the no, but I mean, like of the, the three. The no, but I mean like the three words, like classic words, the Greek words, mm-hmm. like agape. Yeah. Uh, philia, I think, is the fraternal love, like brothers. And uh, then there's Eros. Yeah, that's and, Philia, and, that's Philadelphia. Brother, brother the city, love. city of brother. Um, but Eros, especially if you're, you take it kind of literal. Well, you, you take it literal, like there are gods around. 
like like literally Cupid or somebody, a god strickens you with some madness, and you must have it. I know the feeling. It's like you get switched on, and you're like, all right, I want to do this. You don't feel completely in control. And it isn't like a deep, profound love, but it is a deep, profound, almost like madness. Lust. Lust, yes. Lust. You're kind of stricken with lust. Um, and then there's a fairly newer one that uh, I'm, I've been watching this thing called The Power of Myth. Finally, it's on Netflix, Joseph Campbell. And he loves when there's a whole episode on love. Love and the Goddess is the name of the episode. And he talks about the troubadours in medieval times. That they, it's a very button-down society. And, you know, very arranged marriages along the lines of, like, family wealth and Christian propriety at this time. And so there's a lot of people in that very tightly wound down, buttoned down society, a lot of people would sneak around. And in that time, you start to see in poetry this idea of love, as they put it, that comes from the eyes. It's not like you're stricken by Eros and you're mad with lust, but there's that one person that you really just adore. And he, because it's such a straight-laced society, you can't really do anything about it, but you start to feel this affinity for that one person. And that idea has lived to this modern age. We still have this, what we would call a romantic notion of love, like the when you first fall in love and you go on the first few dates, you go on the first trip and all these things. That, that's a very new idea, um, if a few hundred years is new, which it is in the grand scheme of things. I thought... I found that to be really interesting, that that hasn't always necessarily existed. Um, and it, I think, drives people a little insane, too, that they want the feeling to last forever. It and doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-mm. It can't. No, that's uh, not, you know, I mean, real, I mean, true, if you a true love, in my opinion, is, is when you don't have that feeling. But you still have the desire to stay with that person. And even though you're fighting, you're fussing, you're really pissed off, and you really don't like them at this moment, you have a desire to, I'm going to stick it out because I've got so much invested in it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to throw away the time and effort that I put into building this relationship. At some point, it'll get better. My mom always told me that one day... I'd find the perfect deaf girl. <laughs> <laughs> so your mother had us. That's where your sense of humor comes from. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding either. And that was even worse. About the, you guys, they called me, him and Emily, had, I believe it's them, had a conversation about me being the mangy dog of around okay. here. Okay. I, now, <laughs> connected to this, we do have a question coming in on the Book of Faces. Uh-oh. Okay. Kathy asked it, and then Heather followed up Joey why don't you have a girlfriend you're such a smart well thank you handsome oh my I'm blushing young man with a lavender shirt on Mm -hmm. right now I feel like I look good been working out I said lavender have I told you I do young (laughs) anyway uh, (laughs) and then Heather follows up saying that's my question exactly so why don't I have a girlfriend uh, can I take this one? Yeah, you can take a stab at it. Uh, the biggest reason is you spend like 17 hours a day at the radio station and doing your show and your podcast. We're at and, home. And, 
Well, I wasn't going to throw in that you were also a, a hermit. hermit. Yeah. Well, no, and also, unless me... you now, young ladies, if you want to be his girlfriend, you must find out where he lives and show up <laughs> at his house. Is the only way you're going to see him. I'm, I'm going to be as honest as I can. Looking at back at my pattern, I lose interest quickly, and by that I don't mean like. Oh, I, I hook up with a girl and I go out with her a few times. No, like, even before I get a number, or say I do get somebody's number, it'll be like the next day and I'm like, I'd rather watch something on TV. And, like, I gotta spend money? Like, it just, and somebody has to really knock my socks off or just be as laid back as I am. To really get my attention, but you never know if you choose a TV show. True, no, very true. I, I, I think what is going to have to happen is this: this one gorgeous young female, Joey is. I mean, we all put on in this and that. Joey's a very attractive, a good-looking young man. Oh, thank and, you. And and he is going to need a very gorgeous woman at the gas that is full <laughs> of crap. Yes, that <laughs> is a. Not just a smart ass, but an extremely intelligent woman to ignore him. And then the pursuit angle will pick up and his Maybe his his testosterone will take over. I think you underestimate my, my laziness. He I don't know. It it's if the right one ignores you, it's gonna be like, Oh no, I got to have that one. And then mm. once you go and see that goes into once you go through the pursuit, you're invested in that relationship. You're like, you know how much time and effort I put into this. I'm not going to quit. That's why the the game of of chase goes on. Well, and also I'll put it other ways. Um, like you say, we I actually stop being a hermit. I go out. I am very shy. I have no game. Like. If I can get to a first date, I'm fine. I can have a conversation like we're having a conversation. But if it's like, Joey, go talk to that girl. I mean, no. Okay, I'm not talking to her. I used to say and gas station. Now you're going to meet her at the fresh market. The freshest of markets? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's going to come up to Looking you. Looking at the avocados? And be like, hey, what do you think about <laughs> these avocados? <laughs> and then... It's on. Well, that's a nice cut of meat, isn't it? I'm sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah, the steak's fine, too. Mm-hmm. Would you like some naked juice? Premium. It's good. Natural fruit. No added sugars. Seedless. I use it for fiber. The cheese is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Cheese, yeah. <laughs> Would you like some Stilton blue cheese? Very high quality. And good for your uh, your gut biome. <laughs> yeah. These are things I would say. Hey man, and also That's, I get them. now. Now uh, uh, was it Kathy? Uh, this this is why yeah. Joey does not have a girlfriend. He's talking about cheese being good for your gut biome. That's why he does biome. not have a biome. biome. <laughs> That's why he does not have a girlfriend. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what every twenty-some well, odd year old. That too. I also think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to speak out of turn. I think there are a lot of guys who put up with a lot of crap because they want to sleep with somebody. Exactly. And then yeah. they're like several months in, and they're like, "Oh, I kind of like this person," and then it either what? becomes a real thing or they like he keeps faking it. But I think there are a lot of people who do that. They're like, I'm going to put up with stuff I don't like until I either do like it or it's going to be a train wreck. Why do you think there's so many divorces? 
Yeah. I don't know. I, stupid, miserable people out there. A, I have, and also, to be very serious, like, I've seen a lot of bad relationships up close. Like, people who are in a relationship, but they're, they were miserable to be around. And it kind of made me, I think, wrongly, but it makes me react at any sign of this could be bad, run away. I don't want to put up with... It's one thing to have a, an honest fight, but it's, I don't want to put up with any crap. I don't want to keep up appearances with the person I have to be closest to. And I think there's a lot of that. People who are even very close put up appearances for one another. Oh, sure. I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, but you don't have to. I mean, I, I know you what you're saying. To. I see a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I, we're on the same page, dude. Yeah. I'm not about that. I'm going to be myself. And that's why my mom said I need a deaf girl. Because <laughs> your mother was a wise woman, a very wise woman. Yeah, you can't put up with crap. Got to be yourself. If you don't like me for me and all my mouth, then meh, go away. Right. And it's usually right. me. But I, honestly, I mean, but honestly, though, I mean, that's the way you've got to do. If you have to curtail your your natural, <laughs> uh, you know, personality in order to keep somebody, you know, with you in a relationship. Why in the hell do that? Right. I, I'm. I'm. I'm really not. I know it's. Seen. And you. You know people like that, don't you? Oh yes. <laughs> hell yeah, I know it. Mm -hmm. You get. You get guys. And just I'm speaking just of guys. You get guys away from their wife and get them. I don't go to the golf course, but just for example, you go out and play golf and you listen to them and the way they talk and what they say and yeah. or go fishing with them or whatever. And you're like, damn. And then you get in a social situation with them. You know. Uh, uh, you go out to eat as a couple, and the way they act, and you're like, "Is this even the, the same, same human being?" Yeah. And it's terrible. I, I found a woman. Rowena's just she's just so messed up in the head that she kind of likes me the way I am. Oh, I've seen y'all together. You're the and same what, guy. What I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. What I do is is what I do. Yeah. And and I when I got to the point that I learned, hey, I'm just going to be me. And I, I I got to this point back when I was about. 17 or 18 I'm going to be me mm -hmm. and when I find somebody that likes me then game on like Donkey Kong that's what, that's <laughs> and what I mean that's what happened okay. Well, and, but we're running out of time my old boss man told me he said they all got snakes in their head you just got to find one that you like the they snakes as women yeah see that's they the, all most, that's the most sexist thing i've it's ever just, heard in my it's life just, no but that's literally like the oldest school like uh medusa she's gonna turn you to stone if you look yeah, at her you just gotta find one that your snakes play well with her snakes oh, okay you're you you're, you're just you're just sexist seth i'm just <laughs> seth no, you're, 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 that's that's the worst thing. But I've I got snakes too. And here's a fun question. Joey Miller writes in. He put it on the news talk page, so I assume he's asking us, "Who is your favorite guitarist?" Well, obviously it's Prince. I think he's versatile, amazing. People like Slash would go to watch him when he was playing in Vegas. Remarkably inventive, interesting guitarist. By far my favorite is Prince. You, Seth. Jimmy. Jimmy Hendrix. Hendrix. Okay. Uh, the bass player that did the song for Night Court. That's a bass player, that's man. A he bass. said guitarist. It, is a bass not? Is it not a, it's bass, a bass guitar? We're talking about a six-string fiddle. Uh, my favorite one is the 
uh, and I don't I don't know what his name is, but he is the guitar player for the, uh, that group, that Norwegian group I sent you the song of, that TNT. Oh yeah, that dude. He has great rips. Okay, okay, He's, and whatever his name is, and I don't want to leave probably this, Rohan or something like that. I don't want to leave this knows. person hanging. Hey, do you have a question? Well, it's Bo Holes. I want to give you some advice. <laughs> okay. Um, let me say, uh, first of all, Clay, I'm going to need you to come over here because uh, I'm about to get murdered because I'm sitting here with my lovely wife, and I love her with all my heart. But, Joey, the best dating advice you could take is to listen to Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because I don't want the blood to be squirting out of my jugular before 84 gets here to, <laughs> to save me. But no, I'm just kidding. Getting married was the best thing that I ever did, but yeah. it took me till I was 34 years old, and I, I'm very blessed to have found the right woman and that I didn't have to go through a divorce or anything before I got there. So, um, But uh, you're still younger than I am, and you're having fun. So for the, for the time being, take Al Bundy's mantra. Oh, and I appreciate it, Bob. And also, I have to be truthful. I officially don't have a girlfriend. But unofficially, well, you figure it out. <laughs>